Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by ESPN Bet. We start our show today with breaking news. Our Adrian Wojnarowski reporting that Doc Rivers is the new head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. This comes less than 24 hours after first-year head coach Adrian Griffin was dismissed by the team despite having the second-best record in the Eastern Conference. So here to help us digest it all, Adrian Wojnarowski, Michael Wilbon, Chenea Gubike, I'm Malika Andrews, and Kendrick Perkins is here with us as well. Woj, you reported yesterday that Doc and the Bucks they were talking. How did this come together? Yeah, they started talking yesterday afternoon through late last night and then nailed down a deal uh, this morning. Yep. Uh, you know, Doc, this is a multi-year deal. This is an organization that really didn't have a plan B if they didn't get Doc Rivers and didn't convince him to join them. Uh, when they made the move on Adrian Griffin, the thought of what they were looking for, uh, a veteran coach, a coach who spent a lot of time in the playoffs, Obviously, a championship coach in Doc Rivers, yeah. he fit a lot of boxes. And you are limited in this window of time trying to do a coaching search. It's not like the offseason when there's just many more coaches available to you. But Doc Rivers was available. Listen, he's got a lot of history in the city of Milwaukee, played his college basketball at Marquette, grew up down the road with Michael Wilbon in Chicago. And I think for Doc Rivers, the chance now to coach a team with Giannis Antetokounmpo, Damian Lillard, and to do something he's wanted very much to do since 2008 in Boston, and that's win a championship. The opportunity is there. And I think Doc Rivers sincerely believed when he came to ESPN that he was going to be here, that maybe the kinds of jobs that would appeal to him, maybe he wouldn't be a candidate for anymore. He was a finalist in the final two in Phoenix last summer. That went to spring. That went to Frank Vogel. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, this job opens in Milwaukee with Adrian Griffin, and now Doc Rivers, and I'm told that Dave Yeager is a very real possibility to join his coaching staff, former head coach in Sacramento, Memphis. He was with Doc Rivers in Philly for three years. You know, that's somebody he can really lean on walking in the door uh, in Milwaukee. Of course, he has history with Milwaukee, with, with Marquette. As you mentioned, his jersey is already in, in the rafters with, with Marquette in this in Pfizer forum. I just want to start with your reaction to this, Wilbon. Um, it, it's a wow. Um, you know, Woj mentioned the jobs that Doc thought might fit him and he might be a fit for in the summer. Mm -hmm. And then you get to the part where he's happy. I mean, happy, you know, literally uh, with his new gig and his new life, which was sort of a return to an old life with us, you know, at the at the at the table calling games and, and living without that pressure. But it doesn't leave him. Woj, we talk about all the time. Coaches want to coach. Right. And so that's still there. And in the Bucks, he gets a team with two Hall of Famers still in their primes. I mean, maybe Dame is a little later in the prime, but still in their primes. They're ready to win now. They think they are. It was clear that they weren't going to win on the path that they were. And I, I don't put that all on Adrian Griffin. You, you got to put some of that on management and some things that were going on. He didn't have his complete staff in place. There were some internal issues. Right. 
you don't get rid of Drew Holiday and think you're going to be the same kind of team with the same <laughs> kind of identity. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. All of which Doc is aware of, but as he steps in there, he's got two, again, Hall of Fame players on a roster. I'm not going to say it. it is, it's, everybody's lined up behind the Celtics, all right? But you got teams chasing hard, and Bucks management knew that. You still got the reigning MVP who's playing even better than last season in Philadelphia chasing. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got a Cleveland team that's suddenly hot. You've got a Knicks team that's better and has won 10 out of 12 games. So you got a lot going. And they're looking at this going, you know what? We're not going to win like this, so now what? And it's, it's a shame that that falls on Adrian Griffin. But yeah. in terms of Doc Rivers, he looks at that and, and how if you want to coach and you want to give this one more shot, one more reasonable shot, why not with them? And last note. Does anybody remind, maybe reminds me, maybe this is a stretch, but that Kevin Garnett energy, Giannis have some of that and some of that purpose, and Giannis was critical of the way the team was playing, his own team was playing. Okay, now that's going to fall on him. That's going to fall on Giannis first, not Dame. Giannis has got to bring that in the same way Kevin Garnett brought it for Doc Rivers' championship team in 2008. But it took Doc bottling that up and making that work in a system in Boston. And I think you mentioned something that highlights a huge aspect of this. It feels like for everyone, it's like, this is his last shot, kind of, right? And that highlights this idea that everybody in Milwaukee is under pressure. I know the coach just exited. Now there's a new coach. Giannis is under pressure. Dame is under pressure. And what I thought about the timeline here, you've seen the Milwaukee Bucks make two really big swings. The first swing was Giannis putting pressure on the system. And what did that amount to? A player change. Out goes Drew Holiday. In comes Dame Lillard. And that had huge implications. I think people thought, oh, the offense is going to be good. We've been a serviceable defense. We'll be all right. But we've seen how difficult and how yeah. you know, uniquely difficult that has been to make that change. And then the second one is obviously this coaching change. Mm-hmm. And I do think that it can work because the most important thing that Doc will bring is being able to have that veteran experience to right. manage the stars. And I think there's also like some sub-layers to this. He has a lot of experience in pick-and-roll basketball. We talk about Lob City, Chris Paul, to DeAndre, to Blake Griffin, even the newest iteration with the Sixers, James Harden to Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of managing stars in pick-and-roll where we sort of expected more of that from Milwaukee but at the end of the day we've seen two really big swings Mm -hmm. from player change to coach change and then the next swing I know this is not a baseball program but like it could be a strikeout that's the pressure that they're under Mm -hmm. knowing that these are significant changes to maximize on this window I think Doc is uniquely positioned to do well but at the same time the consequences are going to be very very high. so it's really unique to see a coach dismissed for a team that is 30 and 13 on the season and I I don't want to sit up here and pretend and like, oh, if Mike Budenholzer, we, we talked about this on the Woj pod yesterday, if Mike Budenholzer was still the head coach with new personnel, that magically their defensive issues ha- ha- would be different, if magically this team would be different. Perk, you've played with Doc. The question here is, will Doc fix the issues that the Milwaukee Bucks have? You know what? <clears throat> I feel like this, right? Wilborn touched on the Kevin Garnett piece, and I'm glad that he brought up the 2018 because this is the closest team to that that Doc has had an opportunity to coach, meaning championship ready. The one thing Doc will do is put those guys in position to be successful offensively. He will make them guys buy into their roles. Yeah. He will, you know, exploit their two-man game and Sinead touched on the point where a lot of people are speculating that 
this could be Doc last chance. Well, I'm going to say this. This is Doc last chance. If he don't get it done with this group and Giannis and Dame, meaning at least making a finals run, right, for uh, minimum, Max winning it all, I don't think Doc will get another opportunity to coach. And I hate to say it, but it's the truth because we all know how I feel about Doc Rivers. But at the end of the day, I don't feel like the problem is solved yet. Right. It's still got to be some pieces moved with the personnel. But And Perk, touch on this. Let me go back to something that Shanae said about managing stars. Let's face it. Managing stars is different in the NBA. It is, it is unique to all professional sports worldwide, to managing mm-hmm. stars. And that is a critical thing for Doc, specifically Giannis. Mm-hmm. Remember, it's in the last 10 days or so that Giannis was – Critical, and by the way, I'm not saying it unjustly so. I mean, it sounded perceptive when at the lectern, I think it was after a game, when, when Giannis talked about the way they were playing or not playing, defensively what they needed to do. And so now this Giannis is going to have to take co-ownership of this. I mean, the star place, the only sport with the, the unlike the NFL, the star player, it falls on Giannis mm-hmm. even more, even though he's won a championship, than it does on Doc. Giannis was very enthusiastic about the hiring of Adrian Griffin. He sat with the three final candidates, Nick Nurse, Kenny Atkinson from Golden State, Adrian Griffin. I remember talked to Adrian Griffin about this in training camp. And he sat with a notebook and a couple number two pencils, and he had questions for him. He took notes. He was a part of that process. His voice was more than heard in that process. And so I think there's ownership all over the map in Milwaukee for how this went, for a first-time, first-year head coach. I think they think... Adrian Griffin's going to be a good head coach in the NBA. They didn't think he could close the gap on the level of a coach he needed to be to win in this very tight window. But Doc Rivers comes in with a lot to prove. He has a stretch and a run as a head coach of in Game 7s in the second round of the, of the playoffs in both the Eastern Conference and Western Conference where there's a hump for him to get over. And they didn't just bring him to... Milwaukee to get out of the second round, which he didn't do in three years in Philadelphia. They brought him there to get him to the finals, to give them a chance Mm -hmm. to win a championship. I don't know that this is going to be – he's going to do miracle work. I don't know that they're going to go from the 22nd defense in the league back into the top seven or eight. They can get better. This is not a team built to be very good defensively, but can they get into the top 15? It's a top three offense, though, in the league. Right. Are they going to beat the Boston Celtics? They, they could if they address exactly what Woj said. And I think there's something. I was digging in the numbers because a lot of people say, oh, their defense has to get better. They don't have much room to move personnel. They actually have opportunities there. And I do think it matters to coaching. When Lopez and Giannis are on the floor, the Bucks have a top five defense. When those two players are on the floor, they have a top five defense, statistically. So there are opportunities for them to be a better defensive team. But it's more like, are you bought in on transition defense? Are you bought in on your rotations? You're going to see a lot of things that are uncharacteristic of professional-level basketball that they're showing that, like, oh, maybe they weren't hearing the coaches or buying in. And I think that's why they made this change. You you went, uh, I don't know if we're going to beat the Boston Celtics, yes or no? That's the series we all want to see now, right? Um... I'm going to say no. Look, I, I, I can't be objective when it comes to Doc Rivers. You talk about growing up. 
Back, listen, this is goes I'm back to telling, teenage years. I'm and just I saying that's for, the litmus test. I, I am biased. Let me Boy. declare my bias. Yeah. I root for Doc Rivers. I do. I mean, this goes back 100 years. Do I think, though, if I take that hat off, that they are the better team than the Boston Celtics who, are, who have just as much incentive, if not more? Right? They haven't won. Yeah. They, they're looking at this. Tatum and Brown are looking at this being the $600 million men. That organization feels they need to hang a banner. They, Milwaukee's had one since they have. Well, they're going to beat Boston. Wow. I don't, I don't know that I see that. But we got a long way to go, Malika. A long way to go. Perk, last word on this. And, and, and let me say this. Woes talked about Giannis pulling out his notebook. He need to pull out his notebook again. And he also need to pick up his cell phone and call Kevin Garnett mm. and get some advice from Kevin Garnett on how to be able to be a player for Doc Rivers and, and learn on how Kevin Garnett sacrificed so much, right, offensively and lost himself in the team for the betterment of the team. So if Giannis want to make sure that this marriage between him and Doc Rivers is a perfect marriage, that's one that's going to last, one that's going to be great with multiple anniversaries, meaning multiple titles, <laughs> he needs to take his notebook out and actually call Kevin Garnett and take notes and learn his coach that he has right now in Doc Rivers. Last thing, you talk about personnel in Milwaukee. They do not have the assets to yeah. really make any real upgrades ahead of the trade deadline. They use the trade deadline to upgrade, in their minds, in the coaching position. Um, they have gassed a lot of assets to keep a group around Giannis Antetokounmpo that could compete for a championship. And it's worked. They've, they've extended this window a long time. But Philly, they're get, they have a chance to get better. Boston can add to their team. Miami just did it with Terry Rozier, who's going to be I think, really, really good in that system. The improvement in Milwaukee, it's going to start with Doc Rivers in maximizing the group that they do have there now. I don't know that there's much more help available to them to come. The East is now as interesting as the West, <laughs> which was not the case mm -hmm. a month ago. That's With true. Miami's addition of Rozier, Doc Rivers going to, to Milwaukee hours. like this, <laughs> Embiid upping it, right? And the Knicks playing the way they have, having won 10 to 12. Yeah. Who, who, who would think we would said that a month ago? That the the improvement is this fascinating. for the Milwaukee Bucks, it's going to have to come from within. Yep. And I, I would be very curious to see whether or not Doc Rivers feels like he has a better chance to win here with this group in Milwaukee than he did with his group in Philadelphia. We're going to get into that a little bit later in the show. Still to come on NBA Today. Hey, New York, stand up. The Knicks, they haven't been this good in over 11 years. But the thing is, who can't they beat in the East? And I mean that literally. We answer that next. Plus, the rivalry between Chet and Victor, it is heating up. We're going to tell you who has the Rookie of the Year edge now that we're halfway through the season. And the Clippers, they have the best record since the start of December. Do they have the best chance at a title in their 54-year history? We discuss that and so much more. NBA Today, we'll be back. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. 
Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. NBA Today is presented by ESPN Bet, the official sports book of ESPN. Well, Perk is a premier big man, so we had some performances from premier big men around the league last night. So why don't we go coast to coast a little? We're going to start with Zion Williamson. He had the highlight of the night with this alley-oop here. Ooh, oh. but the stat that stood oh. out also were his 11 assists. The Pelicans put up a franchise record 153 points in oh. a blowout win over the Jazz. Zion gave credit to, quote, my coaches, mm. teammates trusting me to be point Zion. All right, we're going a little third person there. Mr. Wilbon, is this style <laughs> New Orleans has the best chance to contend with? The style consistently, no. No, I mean, that's part of the issue with him is physically – what is he able to do for a long stretch of time? Those demands, as Perk knows better than I do, are different than the demands of a big man. I don't know about this. Well, another big man that quarterbacks an offense, <laughs> Nikola Jokic. He had another 30-point triple-double, as he does. He's averaging over 30 points on 70% shooting over his last seven games. Oh, my goodness. Ridiculous. Chanae, what's it going to take for him to get a third MVP? In this league, MVP is more of a marathon than a sprint. Mm. So he needs to be qualified. I think a lot of people are questioning Joel Embiid. Is he going to make it to six? Well, Jokic likely will, and that might be the biggest factor. But also, like, what else can he do? Like, right. he's doing literally everything for the squad. That is an excellent point on the 65 games. And then we have the Knicks. They turned Barclays into Madison Square Garden <laughs> South last night. I mean, take a listen to the crowd on this pivotal late game sequence here. Here's Smith on the move. Smith drives in, scoop no, tipped up in the air. Johnson's got it. It's Brooklyn and Anobi. And Hart saves it for Randall. Up ahead, bounce, back for Randall. Jam. That's supposed to be a home game in Barclays Center for the Nets. Josh Hart, OG Ananobi making the extra effort plays. On the defensive end, Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle just finishing off in transition. Brunson, Randle, they dropped 30 apiece. And the Knicks, they have now won 10 of 12 in 2024. So the Knicks, they improved to 20-1 and against teams currently below 500. That's the best record in the NBA. Supposed to do. Right. you got to take care of business that's in front of you. But the flip side of that, though, is that they're 7-16 and against teams that are 500 or better. So Kendrick Perkins. The Knicks, they stand on business. They beat the teams they need to. Let's let's fill in the blank a little bit here. The Knicks are the what best team in the Eastern Conference? The second. The second. As of right now, they're still the second. Now, you know that could change like the weather when it comes down to me. But right <laughs> now, since they got OG from the Raptors, they have been standing on business. Again, they have an identity. And they have a superstar caliber player in Jalen Bronson. Yes, I said superstar. Since he's returned back from injury, he had a 30-piece. He had a 41-piece. 
a 30, another 38 piece, and last night topped it off with another 30 piece wing dinner. And when you just think about how they play, right, their physicality, their style on the defensive side of things, listen, this team is committed. Mm. They're, they're a mixture of the past and the present, meaning, like, they're not afraid to mix it up in the trenches. That's that old school Tom Thibodeau basketball. And the way that the Knicks are playing right now, they could beat the Bucks, the 76ers, and the Miami Heat in the seven-game series. So the only team, you're saying that the second-best team, the only team that you think they can't beat in a seven-game series is the Boston Celtics. Do you agree? Well, listen, Perk makes a great point that I agree with every one of his individual points except the conclusion. <laughs> That's okay. the biggest part, though. It is because they're in a traffic jam <laughs> in the East. We talked about this, and I left out Miami earlier. Yeah. Today we were talking. You got Miami and Philly. I'm sorry, the hottest team in the NBA is who? The Cleveland Cavaliers, who want, as I'm told, they want another shot at the Knicks after losing to them last year in the playoffs. They, they want the Knicks again. So – Agreed about what the Knicks are. You have to be impressed with where they're playing. I was in New York to talk to Jalen Brunson yesterday, who is just, yes, he is. How does he remain underrated? He wins <laughs> national championships in college. Preach. He leads the Knicks as they haven't been led in years. Preach. He, to me, he's an all star right now. I don't Doesn't care about like Trey it, Young and all that. <laughs> Jalen Brunson's the all star point, all star guard in that, in that uh, conference, other than Tyrese Halliburton. But. That traffic jam, that's hard. And I don't know that the Knicks can navigate their way through that. Even a first-round series, that's how good those top six are now. I love that. You named my two all-star starters, Halliburton and Brunson. And I think that answers – I mean, look, I'm not Perk. I'm not going to go all the way up to number two. Okay, but I say that they're number four. And I give the edge over the Cavs just because their two best stars have been doing so well. Brunson himself and then also Julius Randle combined for 60 last night. I think it's just great. I mean, there's no more place uh, under pressure, whether it is like Los Angeles than New York. Mm -hmm. And then to be, you know, at this point, he is an all-star. He is a star. I, the, the word superstar is a little different. I think superstar is a little overused, but that's not a knock on Jalen Brunson. To me, they're, they're, they're the fourth. They've cemented themselves as the fourth, and they have opportunity to move up, and that's all you're asking for. Right. But in a seven-game series between the Bucks and since we were talking about, the, as they're playing right now, and, and the Knicks, as they're playing right now, just, just Wilbon, who are you taking? I think I would lean toward the Bucks. Although we have to see what how okay. Doc is going to reconstitute them. We're now the second best it's team in the Eastern <laughs> Conference. He is saying are the New York Knicks. Somewhere Stephen A. is beaming. Oh yeah, coming up on NBA. Once today. blue skies, we can hear him the saying it tonight. The State Warriors, they're back playing their first game since the tragic death of one of their coaches. Hear what Steph Curry had to say as they prepare for tonight's game. And the Clippers, they took care of business against the LeBron-less Lakers last night. Wasn't an impressive win or cause for concern that it was such a close game? Plus, what kind of impact will Doc Rivers make on the Bucks? Janae, she's going to dive into the tape. Tell us what he can do instantly to help Giannis and Dame. NBA Today will be back after the break. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. 
Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Everybody knows uh, what happened in that game seven. A playoff series gets super competitive. But it's competitive basketball. To Devin Booker and Doncic go face to face. You guys say you don't want everybody to be friendly, friendly. There you go. We got some smoke. I am not one of them hoping it work. I'd rather go put the work in. Me and Luca's respect for each other has been mutual, and we just compete at the highest level. Actually, I respect him a lot. It's great, you know, it's basketball, and that's what people want to see. You're watching NBA Today. Presented by ESPN Bet. That's going to be a great one as rivalry week continues. It's time for setting the pick, brought to you by ESPN Bet, the official sports book of ESPN. We have the Suns and the Mavs. We have Booker versus Luca. Who do you got in this one, Mr. Wilbon? All the evidence points to the Mavericks. They have just owned, owned the Suns in important games like that playoff game a couple of years ago. But I'm going to say all of that is incentive enough for Phoenix. They've been hot. They've been playing a certain way. Yep. They seem to have a pulse and some attitude now. you got to love the way KD and Booker and Bradley Beal have been playing. They haven't played that many games together still, like 11 or something. I'm going to go with the Suns, even though this game is in Dallas. I'm going to stay with the hot team with the Suns. All right. Well, Bun's got the Suns. The question is, who are you picking? Download the ESPN Bet app and get started. New customers receive $100 in bonus bets once they've placed their first sportsbook bet with ESPN Bet. Oh, hey. The Suns, though, Wilbon mentioned it. They're on a six-game winning streak. And did you see the shot that Kevin Durant Double hit clutch, to baby. bury the Bulls on Monday? What? 35 years old. I mean, he's as dangerous as ever. going to get a piece of that. Here. Uh, not exactly. So, recently, Kevin Durant, he was asked about his place in the whole GOAT conversation. And he told the Arizona Republic, quote, because I went to the Warriors, why shouldn't I be in that? That's the question you should ask. Why not? What haven't I done? Now, former teammate Draymond Green, he also weighed in on all this on his podcast. As far as my GOAT conversation, though, um, I think KD is one of the greatest scorers we've ever seen. But people always say KD is the greatest scorer of all time. Like, you can make that argument. Like, the way KD scored the ball is so effortless. That's what KD do. You, he, he's never seen a bad shot. Like, Obviously, I'm not one that's going to be like, KD's championships aren't real. Like, stop it. Like, there's no championship that's not real. Okay, so to Draymond's point, Kevin Durant is fourth all-time in points per game. And yet, when it comes to the GOAT conversation, he's generally not talked about, certainly not like LeBron, certainly not like Michael, but not even like Steph Curry. Where do you fall? Should he be included? You can include him in the conversation. I'm not going to put him at the top of it. Perk and I talk about something every week that Perk it didn't have to convince me much of, and Draymond addressed it. I think Kevin Durant, if you're looking at just scoring, is the second greatest scorer. Second, 
behind Michael. There's nothing I'm going to say Kevin Durant <laughs> does better with a basketball to score it than Michael Jordan. So, but second of all time is pretty good praise, right? But people got to remember, people can't just forget about Kareem and about Bill Russell <laughs> and, about, and about Magic, who is way high. Magic's in my top five. About Kobe Bryant, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so, so does KD go above that? He went and joined, and this is the criticism he spoke of. He joined the best regular season team ever and continued, made it better. Yes, those championships belong to him as well. Is that the same thing as riding that thing out in Chicago? People say, oh, well, Pippen was great. Pippen wasn't great when Jordan got there. He was a kid. He was drafted to join Michael. He and Horace Grant. So, no. No, 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 no. That argument ain't flying. Greatest scorer of all time, like Draymond mentioned. I got him second. So, Perk, see, I'm listening to you, Perk. I'm listening to you, bro. <laughs> you have, you, that's a smart, you know, persuasive discussion. And Kevin Durant is an all-timer. The all-timer? No. Go ahead, Perk. And my answer to, to the question, should he be in the GOAT debate, is hell no, right? Now, is Kevin Durant, my eyes, the best scorer to ever touch the damn basketball? Yes. And I think, you know, me and Wilbur talk about this all the time. It's between him and Mike because not only putting up 30 a night matters, or you know, but efficiency matters as well. But when it comes down to the GOAT debate, like we got to set the bar somewhere. Yes. Right? Yes, championship matters, but those accolades matter. And the, the one major accolade is the MVP. Correct. And you have to have multiple regular season MVPs, at least three, by, in my opinion, to even be mentioned in the GOAT conversation. Right now, I don't even have Kevin Durant higher than Steph Curry on the all, on my all-time list. But when it comes down to GOAT conversations, you know, one could argue Jordan, one could argue LeBron, one could argue Kareem, one could even argue Magic. Yep. Like, you gotta have those MVPs, regular season MVP awards, right under your resume I'm to right, be in that go I'm right there with you, Perk. You stole my answer, and I was like, uh, you said, no, 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 no. Mr. Wilbon, Perk said, hell no. And I'm like, politely, KD, no, like, I am sorry. Just because there's, you have to wonder what, like, this threshold, this floor is. And it's absolutely one thing, championships, titles, and MVPs. And I feel like for those that we always say their names, the ones that Perk mentioned, those at least have four titles and at least three MVPs. Mm-hmm. What, we're talking about one MVP versus two titles. Right. And a, you know, I don't want to say circumstance. So well, the situation. But, but it's not reducing. Here's what we've gotten <laughs> into. The problem is as we find these tiebreakers, yep. these are all tiebreakers, right? We're splitting hairs, and it's a fun conversation. But it feels like you have to say something negative about a great player to justify the position. And I don't want to do that. Kevin Durant is an all-time <laughs> great player. Play, mm-hmm. right? You may even put him now in your top 10 or 12 players. You can do that. But I think Absolutely. Kobe Bryant, by the way, I think only won one regular season MVP. Yeah, that's so got to be careful there. Exceptions to everything. But, 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 GOAT, I mean, I, you know, to me, that's a real small 
group. Right. And maybe Kevin Durant still gets there. Well, he ain't retired. He got like, a chance you, this you, year. You weigh Kobe's MVPs, and then you look at his titles. titles. There's something yes, that there balances right. everything exactly. else. When you're there's talking about when you're talking about Bill Russell's title, that's that is the <laughs> yes. everything. There's ingredients. This is chemistry. There are things you need to add and take away, and it yields a different result. It's why, but you need to have something has to be sacred. It's why as we continue to dole out the title of superstar, <laughs> if everybody's a superstar, then we need another level to describe yes. the players like LeBron James. Because Mega it, superstar. Exactly. And that's very good. Mega star. All right, we're gonna <laughs> stay in the West here. The Warriors, they return to the court tonight after a nine-day break from games. A week ago today, Warriors assistant coach Dehan Milojevic died after suffering a heart attack at a team dinner in Salt Lake City. The Warriors, they then canceled their next two games to allow the entire team time to grieve. And the Warriors, they're going to honor Milojevic with a DM patch on their uniforms for the rest of the season. So now we welcome in our reporter covering the Warriors, Kendra Andrews. Kendra, how are the Warriors just trying to navigate mourning this loss while also knowing that they're going to have to play? Malika, it's, it's going to be an ongoing process through the rest of the year, but the past three days, the Warriors have really tried to make that transition back to basketball, but they're keeping the Milojevic family very close by as they do so. Steve Kerr said that uh, Dario Saric, who's known Decky for longer than anyone mm. on the team, has been instrumental in helping support Decky's family. And also uh, his son, Nicola, was actually at the Warriors facilities yesterday. I saw him out on the main court with Clay Thompson helping him out, rebounding for Clay. So the Warriors are still trying to maintain a very tight-knit, familial environment as they make the transition back to playing games. And here's what Steph Curry had to say about making that transition, particularly with tonight's game. You try to find ways to carry the spirit that Decky had and, uh, and lived every single day into how you move forward. And that's what we've tried to do the last two days, you know, with the whole group together, getting back to... You know, practice and the routine of, of our season. Now, Malika, what makes this even more challenging is the Warriors have not been playing up to their standards so far this season, right? The last game they played before Milojevic's death was an embarrassing loss to the Memphis Grizzlies. That game could be added to a long list of worst losses of the year for this team. So now the Warriors are tasked with not only doing what they've been trying to do all season, which is just search for answers, get out or at least get into the play in tournament they're 12th in the west right now doing all of that while also now navigating these raw emotions and feelings that no one saw coming and it's a really really difficult balance for them to strike yeah absolutely the warriors they take on the atlanta hawks tonight kendra andrews thank you so very much for spending a little bit of time with us here on nba today nba rivals week it rolls on on saturday on abc with the heat the knicks at three eastern followed by the sixers and the nuggets and then we're going to off the night at 8.30 Eastern. The Warriors hosting the Lakers. NBA Countdown tips off our coverage at 2.30 Eastern. Now, my friends, the Clippers, they beat the Lakers last night, but do they have the best chance to bring a title to L.A. this year, or does the answer to that question have to be whoever has LeBron James, right? NBA Today will be right back. It's Rivals Week in the NBA, and that means the Lakers and Clippers, the Battle of L.A., but no LeBron James for this one. It kind of felt like the the 
Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers haven't beat the Lakers yet this season up until this point. So LeBron's like, you know what? We're just gonna we're gonna punt this one. Watch Russell Westbrook and his shoe here today. Yeah, one shoe, one three. No problem, y'all. <laughs> like, what? what? But how much of a problem is Los Angeles for the rest of the West? Is that LA's best chance to have a title this year, not the shoe? Anyone the in the West not named the Nuggets' best chance. The Clippers are playing tremendous basketball, watching Paul George go and have a left-handed dunk, watching Kawhi Leonard attack, and there's the shoe, infamous shoe. I mean, watch him attack. This is vintage, prime Kawhi Leonard. Russ has his role. James looks phenomenal, knocking down off the dribble and catch-and-shoot threes. This Clippers team is the best team to rival, not just the Lakers. Like, they've got the Lakers. Now it's the question is the Nuggets. So Kawhi Leonard, 7-7 seven of seven in the first half, tied with the most without a miss in any half that he's had. Wilbon, do you have them coming out of the West? No, because I got Denver. But let me say this. I said the other day that I didn't have any faith in the Clippers. And that has to do with their health and whether you can keep those guys out there. The person I do have faith in there is T. Lou. And mm. figuring out how it is he is going to, if he can at all, keep Harden and Paul George and Kawhi walk that line between playing them enough to have a top three, four seed in the West and yet having them ready for the postseason, which we know they haven't been because they've been injured. Well, you know why Tyloo's excellent? The Clippers get the win. They continue their tear, and still, he left the building upset. I saw him yesterday because he felt like they could have played better. And just look at how they have done. They're dominant. Pretty well. Since December. They wow. They're going. The lead offense. They lead the league in offensive efficiency, field goal shooting, and three-point shooting during this stretch. Pretty insane. So more action, though, in the West. And this one got spicy. The Thunder in a battle with the Blazers. Here, the Thunder are 2 0 versus Portland this season. So, we're going to start about 29 seconds left. Thunder down three. Jalen Williams hits the jumper, and now Oklahoma City trails by one. So, the ensuing Portland possession here, this is important. Malcolm Brogdon, he's double teamed. And then, watch, gets called for the double dribble here. Chauncey Billups, he goes to argue the call, is given a technical foul, but he's still talking. He is still arguing, and so he gets a second tech and is tossed from the game here. Take another look here. Billups is on the sideline trying to signal a timeout, and Brogdon still has the ball in his hands. What do you think of this, Wilbon? They should have granted a timeout. And I, you, you, see, you see Chauncey then make his appeal later to the crew chief, Billy Kennedy, my man, who was not involved in the toss. Yeah. He certainly should not have been tossed, and it was a double drop. Well, Jalen Williams didn't care. He drives. He pulls up for the jumper. Jaylen Williams came in clutch. That name. Thunder yeah. win, 111-109. So with the win, the Thunder moved into that top seed in the West. This is the first time the Thunder have led the West at least 40 games into the season since March of 2014. That was during KD's MVP season. So the Thunder, they're atop the West. And rookie Chet Holmgren, he has been a huge part of that, right? He's biggest competition for Rookie of the Year, though. That man that you're looking at, Victor Wembanyama. So this photo right here, it's from their first ever NBA matchup. That was all the way back in November. But that isn't where their story starts. Brian Windhorst, he takes us back to the beginning of what just may be the next great rivalry in the NBA. How often do you think about the lowest moment of your career? Victor Wembanyama does all the time. It happened on a summer night in 2021. He fouled out of what was then the biggest game of his life, a high-intensity, high-emotion, under-19 World Cup final, France against the United States. He could barely stand to watch as the USA's Chet Holmgren was named tournament MVP. 
he has yearned for another chance at gold against Team USA, hoping it comes this summer in Paris. Sometimes rivalries start in front of millions of viewers under bright lights. Sometimes they start in Riga, Latvia, in front of a few dozen friends and family. Never before has the NBA seen teenagers like Wembenyama and Holmgren come into the league in back-to-back -back years. Players this young, with this size, this skill, this power, this desire. Knocked away by Wembenyama! Holmgren throws it down. Open for three straight away. It's online and in there. Shaching it under Moneyball. Hey, Wembenyama! It took some uncontrollable circumstances for them to get here. Rookies at the same time playing with organizations known for raising stars. Small markets in the same division. But let's be clear, Victor and Chet are in each other's way, and they will be as long as anyone can see into the future. Back in October, they played their first NBA game, and it was against each other. Meaningless? Hardly. When Benyama flexed on Holmgren. Holmgren clapped back on social media. When Benyama made threes, Holmgren made threes. Finesse plays, strong moves, dunks, blocks. Ever since, all they have done is put up spectacular performances that have vaulted them to the front of a fascinating Rookie of the Year race. The start of a chase for many more trophies into the future? The NBA hopes. Chet and Victor are featured in Rivals Week for a reason. For now, this is all friendly. They've got bigger goals and a wider focus than just each other. But the feeling like this is the beginning of something special is unmistakable. Victor and Chet know it too. This is one of my favorite budding rivalries in the NBA. And the second annual NBA Rivals Week, it begins tonight. KD, the Suns, they take on Luka and the Mavs at 8.30 Eastern on ABC. And then Victor Wembanyama and the Spurs host Chet Holmgren and OKC at 9.30 Eastern on ESPN. NBA Countdown tips off our coverage at 7 on ESPN. Coming up, Doc Rivers, he is heading to Milwaukee. But will that be enough for Giannis and Dame to challenge the top of the East? We'll be right back. NBA Today is presented by ESPN Bet, the official sports book of ESPN. And in part by the new series, A Real Bugs Life, now streaming on Disney+. Revisiting our top story, the Milwaukee Bucks have hired Doc Rivers as their head coach. That's according to our own Adrian Wojnarowski. This comes less than 24 hours after first-year head coach Adrian Griffin was dismissed by the team, despite having the second-best record in the Eastern Conference. So, Chine, Milwaukee's standings in the East, that clearly was not necessarily the reason why this coaching move was made. They were much more concerned at what they were seeing on the floor in the process that was getting these results. So what issues is Doc inheriting with the Bucks? Oh, good. The Milwaukee Bucks, they are struggling with basic defensive principles, even in early offense. So, Doc, that guy, he has to clean up their defensive rotations. And I'll show you exactly how he'll have his work cut out for him. Roll the tape, Director Jill. This is a double drag screen. Two screeners here. He's averaging Trey Young 27 points per game. The rotation should never come from the paint. Giannis knows better. Instead, he goes, which leads a wide-open layup 
for his opponent. And a big part of their issues is communication. In this situation, there's a pick and roll and two guys run at the, uh, run at the ball. And instead, now there's an easy cut by Harrison Barnes to get another very simple layup. And another double drag situation here. This time, this is the guy who leads the NBA in assists per game, Tyrese Halliburton. They're too high in rotation, too many around the ball and leads to another layup. So their right. issues are not just like these complicated defensive strategies. Right. It's simple, basic offense that we see, you know, early in transition. We see players and teams that just like don't even have to do much. And that's what their biggest issue has been. Yeah, and that's going to be difficult to fix, particularly because they're a little bit hamstrung in terms of what move they can make. So Kendrick Perkins, point blank. Will Doc Rivers be able to get this team where it needs to be come playoff time? You know what? I've been having time throughout the show to reflect and think <laughs> back what Doc could do in the locker room and how Doc could actually make you believe that the sky is green and the grass is blue. Doc Rivers is the type, right, that'll walk in and the point out in the film, Ray Allen could have had 30 points and Ray Allen come off a pin down and he knocked down the shot on film and Doc could say, run it back. Hurt. That was a hell of a screen, and all of a sudden, I'll leave out of the film room feeling great, like, yeah, I'm the best screen setter in the league. Listen, Doc Rivers, and this is no knock on my guy, I love him to death. Eddie House, he's my brother for life. Eddie House wasn't known as a defender. Eddie House was known as a shooter. Eddie House was fighting over screens for Doc Rivers, right? So getting that attention and the way that Doc Rivers could actually, if you are open-minded, get you to buy in and believe, he could actually change that locker room. I had to sit here and reflect a little bit. You know, Doc had me feeling like I was the best center in the league, and at you that time, it. you had Shaq, Dwight Howard, and y'all me. Hey, Perk, you still won a game seven. Shanae said this is the most important phrase, I think, game seven so we're talking about Doc Rivers, really? <laughs> I'm talking about Perk. Okay. <laughs> Shanae said this, and this is important. Managing stars. Managing locker room and managing stars. That is incredibly important in basketball, mm -hmm. in the NBA. It cannot be overlooked. And if he can get them feeling like that, like Perk just described, look, to me, getting to the conference final is the place where the Bucks have to be. I don't have them beating Boston, but we get before that, they got to get to the conference final. Doc can get them there. Talk about the conference final, the NBA finals. Doc has run into a roadblock for a very long time on the conference final in both. He's got a lot to prove in this job. Perk's talking about 2008, 2009, 2010. A lot's happened in Doc Rivers' coaching career since then. And I think for Doc Rivers, you know, he has shown, listen, I thought in Philadelphia, he got the most out of James Harden. And James Harden's playoff difficulties, they didn't start with Doc Rivers as his head coach. Amen. They've been there through his career. There were a couple games in a Boston series where he absolutely carried him. There were a couple games where he disappeared. We'd seen that. For, Phil, for the Clippers this year, that'll be their challenge with James Harden. He's their third best player now. They don't have to have him carry as much of a load. But I think for Doc Rivers, listen, the challenge is on him, just like it is this group. This is a competitive Eastern Conference. Milwaukee believed that Doc Rivers gave them a better chance to compete in the postseason to advance in the postseason uh, but I think for him you talked about is this his last chance it's his last best chance yeah well 
They face the Cavaliers tonight. Obviously, we expect Joe Prunty to be on the sidelines for that one. That's going to do it for us.